0: That's www.activeskinrepair.com, code VILLAGE for 20% off your order.
1: They are going to feel, even if they don't know consciously, they're going to feel you're not at peace with this and ready to say sorry for it. When I've done all the things, it doesn't matter. He doesn't care about my respectful parenting. He's going to have a meltdown no matter what. Okay, and and my energy's, you know, I'm I'm winding down. I got five more minutes left in me and then I'm gonna go have some me time. I'm just supposed to like keep getting up every day, keep taking my kids to school. But just to say like, you deserve better, you deserve more and I'm sorry.
0: Hey there, I'm Alyssa Blass Campbell. I'm a mom with a master's degree in early childhood education and co-creator of the collaborative emotion processing method. I'm here to walk alongside you through the messy, vulnerable parts of being humans, raising other humans with deep thoughts and actionable tips. Let's dive in together. Welcome to our new limited series, Respectful Parenting in Real Life. I get to hang out with some folks and dive into what this work looks like outside of scrolling through Instagram or that picture perfect snapshot of respectful parenting. What does it look like when you drop the ball, when it's messy, when we're imperfect humans or when our kids don't respond perfectly as we planned. Buckle up for some real stories from real humans and I hope that you get to see glimpses of yourself or your kids in these stories to know that you definitely are not alone in this journey. And there's a village of folks walking right alongside you. All right, let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Today, I am here with my pal Tristan Reese. Tristan was one of the first Voices of Your Village episodes that I ever did. And actually, Tristan, do you remember, this is a story I've told a few times, that you were like my first big Yes, Everyone else was like friends I knew or whatever as I was getting started. And I was so nervous and I didn't hit record. And we were like halfway through the episode. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Can we have this whole conversation again? And I was so embarrassed and it never happened again, but I hit record. We are recording and I'm excited to hang out with you today. Tristan's the dad of a 4, 11 and 14 year old, which also blows my mind because I remember when Leo was born, was following you, and that's how I actually found you, I think. But let's chat about what this looks like in real time. You were just telling me something, and I was like, oh, I want to record this. You were saying that when you, you're like approached to parenting, something
1: about energies. Now dive on in. Let me hear about this. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, I mean, I think one thing that I had to accept is there are just some things that my kids are going to do that are really upsetting to me. And they're normal kid things, of course. This is where I get stuck a little bit with this, like, the, like, peaceful or respectful parenting ideology is sometimes, you know, for me personally, I'm like, yeah, I totally get it. There are things they're going to do that are developmentally appropriate. That doesn't make them feel any better for me. I just, like, can't reason my way out of some things really, like, really impacting me for the whole rest of the day. Again, normal, typical things they do. I can't expect them not to do them. So how do I bridge that gap? And of course, for a long time, it was just like, don't do that, don't do that, ugh. An example is my four-year-old, again, normal, typical, like every four-year-old ever, hates getting his teeth brushed, okay? I get that. When I say it is time to brush your teeth, running away, hiding under the couch, crying, screaming, I've done all the stupid things. In countdown, in five minutes, we're gonna brush our teeth. I've done incentivizing, after we brush our teeth, we can do five minutes of screen time or whatever, I'll do a dance party with you. I've done all the things, it doesn't matter, he doesn't care about my respectful parenting. He's gonna have a meltdown no matter what. And then it was just like, and then I just dealt with it. I just dealt with chasing him around the house, begging, pleading, me getting to the point where I'm crying and then depleted for the whole rest of the day. And then finally I was like, okay, what if, I just told him, bro, when you make me chase you around the house, when you make it very hard for me (laughs) to brush your teeth, that takes a lot of energy out of me. And when energy is gone from me, that means I'm not going to have enough energy to do other fun stuff throughout the day with you. That means I'm honestly not going to be able to do a dance party later. I'm not going to be able to go on a walk with you. I'm going to be able to do one book instead of three tonight. And that's, that's real. That's me being honest with him. I'm not punishing him for, for not wanting to brush his teeth by the, it's not a a punitive thing. You only get one book tonight instead of three. That's honestly, that's not it. I just don't, I won't have the energy. I'll be depleted. And so I just, you know, so I would just be real with him about that and just say, when I have to chase you around the house, I feel less energized, less able to do the other fun stuff that I really want to do with you. And that I know you really want to do with me. So, if you make it easier to do the teeth brushing, I'm going to have more energy to do, to give you a bath, to get in the bath with you. Right. And talking about my energy as something that is finite and that he has an impact on and that impacts how cool and fun I'm going to be the rest of the day was like bare bones, most desperate, last ditch effort to try and get our relationship to feel more real and honest and authentic. And that was the thing that clicked for him, that yeah. he got to choose. I can pitch a fit and I'm not going to be able to do fun stuff with, data, with daddy later on, or uh, I can suck it up and then we'll get to do fun stuff later. So that's just like, I have more to say about that, but yes, what yeah. questions do you have? Well,
0: no, I just think that like what I'm hearing from that is that you presented to him this, what I would consider like self-care concept of, listen, our nervous system operates like this, right? Where there's, we're pouring into it all day long. We're eating, we're sleeping, we're trying to take care of it in certain ways because there are going to be depletions from our nervous system all day long. Some that are inevitable, just like, stimuli around us etc and some that aren't inevitable some that are like oh man there was a change in uh my expectation or routine today and that pulled from my nervous system that wasn't my expectation or this behavior from a child or something another emotion maybe from a partner or co-parent there are going to be things that aren't necessarily inevitable but that still pull from our nervous system And i feel like you just broke down for the four-year-old like that concept that it isn't forever and it isn't ongoing and it's the same you know little buddy it's the same for your body too that when your body does all of these things all day long it's pulling from we think of it as a bank when we talk about it that we make deposits in all day long and you're there are things that are pulling from your bank and when we're talking to kids about the bank we will use like a visual where we talk about like what are some things that help your bank and we'll put some in and then what are some things that pull from your bank etc and I feel like you just broke that concept down for him in a way of like this is something that really pulls from my bank and so when I get to empty it's hard for me to show up as a kind respectful fun energetic human just like it is for all of us and you have a bank too bud I think that's really what I heard is that you broke that concept down for him that I wish honestly every human understood and was teaching to kids in whatever way works best for that kid but breaking that down of like every all of us have a bank because I want kids to understand they have a bank too
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so he will always say like at the end of my workday or whatever, he'll say like, so how many energies do you have? That's just how he puts it, you know, and I don't know why, but in our house, it's just we, I, I was inspired by the disability justice concept of the sp- spoons that everyone starts with five spoons a day. And if you have chronic illness and you actually start with four, and then if you, for example, are autistic and then you have a sense of the overload, then you're down to three. I don't use the spoons because it really truly belongs to the disability justice movement. It's not mine to take. And also the concept of spoons is that the capacity is finite. And for me, my energy is not finite. I can get it back. And so if he cannot control his body and he does fight me on the teeth brushing thing, then afterwards he'll often say, how can I help you get your energies back? Because I really want three books tonight. And then we can have that conversation. I can say, okay, well, I would love to sit down and have some quiet and have a cup of tea. And you play nicely on your own in your room. And then we can set a time and we can do that for 10 minutes. And that'll help me get my energies back and so I want to be really clear that this is not an appropriation of the spoons concept because what I've heard from my friends in the disability justice movement is uh-uh, if you have a chronic illness and you're at four spoons you you're, there's no getting that back if you've got sensory overload you need a day and and so for me as a more neurotypical person in most ways you know I, I want to emphasize that it is more like a bank and it's not yeah. the spoons thing but it it's inspired by that in terms of being more self-aware about what my day takes out of me, what, what puts in and what puts out. And to be honest, I've never been self-aware about that. And it's really just trying, wanting to try to have a better connection with him than I did with my older kids in terms of being less reactive and more honest, Mm -hmm. that sort of set up the energies thing. Um, We haven't yet, yet gotten to that. Like me saying to him so like how many energies do you have but you've inspired me to to start having that conversation
0: (laughs) yeah i love that i love that you've also exposed him. again it just like comes back to that bank thing that you can get it back and the idea of like yeah i pulled from this and now i need to add some things in and that's so rad i dig that so much and to help him build that awareness that it is even outside of him or outside of you it's everybody it's everyone in the family
1: has different i like the energies how many energies do you have uh (laughs) And he knows, cause if I say like, you know, I'm gonna be honest, like I had a really, really hard day. I have like one energy. And he'll be like, okay, well then we can watch a movie. Okay, well then we can sit in the hot tub. You know, like he knows what each activity requires. And when I'm down to one energy, like I can only sit and watch a movie. And he's lucky if I can pop popcorn. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the pandemic where it's like, I'm already down like many energies just on a day-to-day basis. Um, but you know, if there, there are times when he says like, how many energies do you, ha- do you have? And I'm like, you know what? I actually had a really good day. I have like four or five. Do you want to go for a walk? Like, do you want to go for a drive somewhere? Do you want to like play hide and seek? Which of course he always wants to play. And I never do. Cause it takes so many energies for me. Um, yeah. And so we were able to have that flow where it's not about a consequence. It's just being real that like, yo, if I have to chase you on the house to put on your shoes, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love this. This show
0: is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being back to work after maternity leave has been so good and frankly, so hard. I love what I do and I missed collaborating with my team while I was out. And it's been a tough transition. Visit betterhelp.com voices today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash voices.
2: Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above
0: I love this. And I I think you're totally right that a lot of the times within respectful parenting, there is this idea. And we just talk about how like your kid's not responsible for your feelings and people get a lot, there's a lot of mix up around like, what does that mean? And I think it can get conflated to like, you can't talk about your feelings. (laughs) And that's not the goal here. Like we all have feelings. We all have these energies, this bank, this nervous system. And I think being honest with kids is a huge part of being connected with them that like when you aren't honest and you're chasing them around and you're trying to just like do all the things but inside you're really annoyed that this is happening you're not connected in that moment and I just recently was having like a thing with sage that throughout it I just every time same thing I was like trying to suck it up and get through it I'm like this is developmentally appropriate so freaking annoying and I was feeling disconnected in every time it was coming up. And then another thing though, that was not pulling at me, like he is really into right now, throwing his spoon off of the high chair and it doesn't bother me. It just doesn't get to me. And it's developmentally appropriate. Yep. So is the other thing that was getting to me, but like this one just doesn't. And so I can remain connected as I'm validating this point that he doesn't have a spoon anymore to work with, and we can like move through that. But I think what's huge is that in those times where it's it is something that's grating, it is something that's annoying, that we're able to say like, yeah this is really annoying and frustrating. And I want to figure out how we can be connected, how I can support you in this and myself. Like both of those are valid, like taking care of ourselves, Not only does it allow us to show up for them, but it models that like in the same way that, again, you're modeling those energies for him that he's going to learn about his body too. It, it's so key. And he's not, it's not his job to make sure that you're happy. It's not his job to make sure that you're calm, and he can be aware of the fact that his behavior, the way he shows up in the world, affects how other people are. I think those are different.
1: Yeah, and I think there's something that you said that really reminded me, you know, with my partner, my partner similarly like there are lots of obnoxious four-year-old things that Leo does, do not bother me at all, at all. He like doesn't clean up after himself. Who cares? He's four. And like, sometimes I'm going to be like, let's clean it up together. And he's going to do it other times. Who cares? I'll just pick it up. Like, who cares? I I don't. It drives, that drives my partner completely nuts. And so then that's also part of where this tool has been good in our family is my partner can say now can say to him, like having to clean up after you takes a lot of energy out of me Mm -hmm. because I think everyone in our family should pick up after themselves. So you can either clean up after yourself and then I'll have lots more energy to do fun stuff with you later, or I'll clean it up, which feels very frustrating to me. And I won't be able to do as many fun things with you when I'm done. And so we we can be real about, you know, because I think maybe sometimes I would imagine if I was a kid, I'd be confused. How come data doesn't mind if I run around the house and don't want to get my teeth brushed but daddy does and how come daddy doesn't mind picking up after me but daddy well guess what because we're different people i understand we might be interchangeable in your head we're not interchangeable we are different people with our own stuff you know different things that make it that we get that make us frustrated that we don't we get frustrated by i don't say make us frustrated but that we get frustrated by and so yeah i think that's that's really key you said like chopping the spoon doesn't bother you there are lots of things that he does that doesn't doesn't bother me at all yeah. And vice versa with my partner.
0: But I think what you're touching on there is that the idea that yeah we're all different people and how we show up in the world and best function is variable. And again, another beautiful thing to teach a child in that like the what what works best for them, the way that they learn things that might be helpful for them in school, in life, in the day to day, might be different from the kid sitting next to them and that neither of them are right or wrong we just all operate differently and by showing like yeah this is stuff that is helpful for me or things that I need this is stuff that's helpful for me or things that I need and then down to their siblings as well they have two siblings that also are going to operate differently and need different things and that all of that is okay and I was I was having a conversation with someone on our team recently who has a almost three-year-old and a seven-year-old. And the seven-year-old has gotten really into the bank concept and wants to like, continues to ask like, is this something that will fill her little brother's bank? Or is it something that pulls from it? And she'll like, give it a whirl. She'll try an activity and then be like, oh, it looks like that pulled from his bank. Or oh, yep, that added to it. And so they're continuing to have this ongoing conversation. And then she went to school. She's in school for the first time, thanks COVID. Um and she was saying like, oh, I noticed that so-and-so in her classroom, let's say Sarah in my classroom and Sam have different things that fill their banks. And Sam really likes to sit on this different chair than I sit on because it helps him learn best. It fills his bank. And I was like, yes, I love that she went into school with this model of like what Sam's doing isn't different. It isn't weird. It isn't whatever. He, that's what fills his bank. That's what helps him learn.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting, again, it's obvious that you're like a parent coach, you know, because like my 11-year-old and four-year-old, they play together a lot. But what usually happens is, you know, uh, the 11-year-old just plays like so rowdy, which of course the four-year-old loves because that is very exciting and fun. Every time, every time, every time the four-year-old ends up crying. Yeah. Yeah. Falls off something, bumps head on something, falls over, hits whatever, or the eleven year old ends up crying because the four year old gets so worked up that he ends up like throwing something across the room, bonks the eleven year old in the nose, tears every time um and then, of course, the eleven year old at that point is like, I'm not dealing with a crying baby, or is like, Oh my God, you hit me, and that's very scary, and will be like, I'm done. We'll go in his room, shut the door. Mm-hmm the four-year-old is just like goes to pieces. I want to keep playing, I want to keep playing blah blah blah. And so even you know teaching I think it would be useful to teach our 11 year old to be able to say like I, I like my energy's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks for the memories, but I'm tapping out. you know and, yeah. and I, we've been trying to do a little bit more of a five minute warning. you know I've said it's, it seems like that transitions really hard for him. He's only four. It's hard to go from like playing at hundred percent to nothing. So do you think you'd be able to give? Okay, and my energy is—you know—I'm I'm I'm winding down. I got five more minutes left in me, and then I'm going to go have some me time. And and I said, and if he doesn't do well with that, just come and ask me. I'll help with the transition. But it's it's tough, and continuing to use that language and teach the eleven-year-old to use it might help with that transition too.
0: Totally, and I wonder too if even bringing to attention the to the 11 year old's attention that sometimes things that drain our energy or pull from our energy are fun in the moment. Like I love to be in a big group of people and also can leave and be like, Oh, like it fills me up in the moment, but it really does pull from my energy and just acknowledging that like, maybe the four-year-old is having a lot of fun and it's pulling from their energy as they're playing. And so maybe there is a threshold where all of a sudden they get to a place where they don't have energy left, but they haven't noticed that in their body. And that's where they throw something or something along those lines. And being able to help the 11-year-old understand that concept of it might be draining the four-year-old's energy too. And when we put a time limit or a cap on it and then give that the 5 minute warning or the or the exit strategy if you will as well but really that like also just a cap on the amount of play time sometimes can make sure that they're leaving with more energy to navigate that transition
1: too yeah, yeah. yeah that makes sense it's it's just been so hard it, no matter how much i beg and plead with the 11 year old like how much i try to use reason you know to be like hey like i notice that y'all are continuing to escalate when mm-hmm. the play escalates, people get hurt. Crying happens, fighting happens. Is there a way you can redirect that energy to some other type of play that isn't at this level? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, totally, totally. No, no. <laughs> 30 seconds later, they're, they're back to building some kind of trampoline fort, <laughs> which we do not have room for in our house. We don't have a trampoline. What are you, what are, what's the plan here? oh, the plan is to put a blanket on top of chairs and jump on it as if it were a trampoline. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) Cannonballs onto the couch. What could possibly go wrong? So, so yeah, I think you're right. Probably would be helpful to help the 11-year-old think through, like, (laughs) and what are your energies and understanding, (laughs) like, when you play like this, you're going to burn out fast. Mm -hmm.
0: Totally, and so as a four-year-old.
1: Yeah.
0: When I taught preschool pre-k, my very first year of teaching, I had mixed threes and fours and with this music teacher who would come in and he, Mr. Steven and Mr. Steven, the kids loved him and he would bring that level up to like an 11 in my room. And then he would just leave. It was my nightmare. Like I at one point was like, Mr. Steven, we have got to chat about your very last song and what it's going to be and how you're going to wind this down because you have, the kids are having so much fun, but you're getting all the way up and then you just peace. And I have 18, three and four-year-olds who are off the wall.
1: Yeah. My father-in-law is like, this will come over and he just ramps them all up and then goes (laughs) because he's like, cool, I'm done. And then the kids are screaming and crying and running around the house and jumping on things because he's done like, you know, he picks them up, he does airplane, he does all the things. And I'm, and I always feel like, you know, like my worst shadow side as a parent is like that stereotypical 90s movie dad, you know, who like steps on a Lego or slips down the stairs and was like, wow, well, God, are you kidding Come on. I just, I never want to be that dude. And I feel like that's, I just, I hate situations where I end up as that dude. And that's when I end up as that dude, when I'm like telling my father-in-law who's coming over to have fun, like, bro, you got to chill. Like, you've got to stop. It's, it's really hard. And he never, he just doesn't, to him, that's what being like a quote unquote, good dad or good grandpa is, Mm -hmm. is the like present, fun, physical, energetic, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's great. Take it outside then. And I'm locking the doors because that's all good, but y'all can do that outside. (laughs) I can't the chaos in my house it's too much it's too much
0: um I feel like in this season especially like the last couple years we've had a lot of opportunities for repair as we rupture over and over every day with our kids I was sharing with this with you at the beginning but one of the things we were starting to notice a lot over on Instagram especially are people like messaging being like I've been doing this work and my kid's still having tantrums or it's still, and this idea that you're, we're going to do this, we're going to do it and we're going to do it perfectly. And then we're going to get to this place where kids are just like, so kind and respectful and they can every time in a regulated way, be like, i feel, I feel mad and I need a hug or whatever. And that that's actually not the goal. And that so often what's happening is we're going to have some of those moments where they can be in a regulated state and communicate with us with intention. And some of those where we will, and some where neither of us will and when we are hitting those ruptures where it's just the real rawness where we do have a rupture where we react or they're losing their cool and then we lose ours whatever it is and so i'm curious a what does repair look like in your household what are some things you found really helpful for repair for coming back to a point of connection and b does it vary kid to kid
1: yeah i mean it really varies kid to kid and you know, I've just been so, so, so crabby lately, you know, the, the pandemic continuing to go on and we're all just supposed to keep fucking going. Like what the hell we're, we're, I'm just supposed to like, keep getting up every day, keep taking my kids to school, keep like turning on my ring lights, booting up my computer, training people on, you know, trans inclusion in the workplace and, and coaching people through like, you know, racism and, and sexism against other people. I'm supposed still, still supposed to like send people invoices. Like, it's just all so weird and surreal and strange. I'm just supposed to accept that I, I can't see my parents anymore because there's a, a, a country border between us, you know, and, and it's just been pressing and pressing and pressing. I've just been really crabby lately. And so, you know, certainly for the 11 year old, because he is really emotionally mature and we have a really strong bond. You know, being able to just say, just every couple of days, I'm just, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm just not showing up for you in the way that you would deserve. You know, I, I know I'm short tempered. I know I don't have energy to do fun stuff with you the way that we used to. And to find fun things for you to do the way that I used to. Everything we find for him to do Two weeks in, they're like, oh, we can't do it. We're not teaching anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not we're not teaching again till March or whatever. You know, and I've just tried to say, I'm just sorry. No explanation. No, well, I'm doing this. Well, I'm doing that. Well, things are really hard for me. But just to say, like, you deserve better. You deserve more. And I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he makes it way worse by saying, like, I get it. You're stressed out. And that makes it worse, you know, like him actually having empathy. I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> don't feel <laughs> be bad mad today. at me. Do you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Just be mad and be like, yeah, screw you, dad. Instead, he's like, I know, like you're managing so much right now. And it's hard with the four-year-old. And I know that like, I don't help out as much as I should. Aww. <laughs> um, and I really try to go, you know, and I really just try to think back. I listen to my body. I have like a really good relationship with guilt, mm-hmm. you know, and so my body will tell me when I've done something that's out of alignment with my parenting values. Mm -hmm. And so I try to really listen to that and be like, oh, you're right. I shouldn't have done that. How can I make that right? You know, the the German word for guilt is the same as the German word for debt. Mm -hmm. And so when I have that feeling of guilt, I'm like, oh, okay. I took something from someone. How can I repay it? And it's Mm -hmm. often with my 11-year-old, you know, so then I'll I'll, I'll, go for a drive, you know, or something. Mm -hmm. I'll try to say, you know, I feel really bad that I tried to push you to watch like another episode of that scary show last night, I could tell that you were overloaded and didn't want to do another one. And I, and I teased you about that, I shouldn't have done that. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I really appreciate you saying no and knowing what your limit is on your body and, you know, and, and I, I should have been more respectful and I will in the future, you know, so I just, I try to have that real talk.
0: I love the genuine nature of it, right? I think so often when we are navigating repair, we can often feel like, oh, I have to do this. Like there was a rupture and now I have to repair. But what I heard from you is getting to the point of really feeling empathy, like really acknowledging, yeah, I had a rupture and I could think of all the reasons that I did it. I'm exhausted, I'm stressed, I'm overwhelmed. But that doesn't matter right now. What's real is that like, I did this and I'm going to own it and reconnect. And I, I love it. I think it's a huge part of it being genuine. And we all know how it feels when somebody apologizes and isn't ready to apologize, or they're not coming from a genuine place and it's so empty and it doesn't feel good. And I feel like it often leads to disconnection versus really being like, yeah, this is it. And, and, I was telling you this earlier that folks often ask us for scripts. What do I say in the moment? And it's a very shareable, Instagrammable thing. It's If you ever want to start a parenting Instagram account, account, do scripts and you'll grow real fast. But for us, it's something I like really hesitate to do because I want people not to, I don't want you reading from a script. I want you truly connecting with that person in front of you. And sometimes that's saying like, man, that sucks. I dropped the ball.
2: Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It
1: and i think the important thing about being genuine is so much of now what we know about our mirror neurons so much about we you know so much what we know about inherited trauma that we're then passing on to our kids both at the genetic level but also at the somatic level you know just through the way that our bodies are communicating things they are going to feel even if they don't know consciously they're going to feel you're not at peace with this and ready to say sorry for it you're still defensive you still feel resentful that you have to say sorry or whatever, you feel like parent pressured into it versus you know really taking the time to figure out that's what I've had to do, really taking the time. Sometimes my body will tell me I've made a mistake and I can't for the life of me remember what I did. You know, I get that <laughs> feeling in the pit of my stomach. I'm like, okay, I know this, this is guilt. What did I, what, where did I miss the mark? Where did I violate my own values? You know, so I really mm-hmm. sometimes have to go back to the last 24, 48 hours, be like, is this a work thing? Is this a home thing? Is this a partner thing? Is this a parent thing? Like, what? what is this? And that's how I came to the like, oh, yeah. Sully like cried at the end of that in really intense episode. Like I saw him crying at this storyline. And at the end of that episode, he was like, can we just watch The Office now? And I was like, no, no, no. Like, let's see what happens next. Like, Let's watch the next one. You know, and I was like, oh, that's icky. Like, I shouldn't have done that. I could Mm -hmm. see he's having big feelings. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have pushed on that. And, and not feeling judgmental of myself, you know, Mm -hmm. just seeing it for what it was. I was excited to keep going. I'm excited to have Mm -hmm. this. I love having a shared experience, a media experience of watching a show with, with my kids. I love it with doing with anybody, you know, (laughs) I said, oh, but I pushed too far, you know, and I I think I can make that right. Um, And even when we were having that repair conversation in the car, he tried to say, to justify himself. Mm. You know, he tried to say, yeah, you know, I was just feeling really overwhelmed. And like, it's just, it was like a really dramatic thing. I said, I just stop. Like, Sally, stop. I saw that. I already know that. You do not have to defend yourself to me. You get to say no anytime. I was in the wrong, not you. Mm-hmm. So st- stop. I hear you. I see you. I get it totally understand why you want to watch The Office instead of another episode of Money Heist. You know?
0: <laughs> totally. And, and I feel like as a general parenting rule, anytime a kid wants to watch an episode of The Office, it's, just, it's a yes. It's an automatic yes.
1: <laughs> well, that happens uh, to be our family's show that we really, really love. And <laughs> and, uh, and it's really cool because he now does use it. He uses it as an emotional regulator the same way that I do. If there's something big, that's how it is. It's so comforting. It's so soothing. It's so easy to watch. It's It's so funny it's not, the laughter's not at anybody's expense, you know, and and so mm-hmm. it is, it is a, it's, it's great that he can regulate in that way, and I kept him from doing that in that moment, even just by teasing him, I was like, ugh, yuck, so, yeah, yeah, and repair that. with the four-year-old is, you know, it's different, repair with the four-year-old is just, you can just tickle them, and it's good, you know, they're so, <laughs> they're so in their bodies, you know, to be able to say, yeah. like, do you want to do a tickle-pickle or whatever,
2: Sometimes yeah. they don't
1: even need for you to do a whole big song and dance about like, I'm sorry, I lost my temper. I'm sorry, I was crabby, whatever. Sometimes when they're in that for me, when when Leo's in that little sleepy place, the mm-hmm. the end of the night, the singing a song, I'll say, you know, just like, hey, buddy, remember when this happened earlier? I'm really sorry I yelled at you. Mm-hmm. I should have been tracking my energies better. Should have should have asked for you to help me mm-hmm. figure yeah. that out you know, should have had you be my team member in that moment. I'm I'm really sorry. I'm gonna to try to not do that again. You just it's just in those little sleepy moments.
0: Yeah. I appreciate that. I think when we're looking at different ages and stages with our younger, younger kiddos, one of the things my friend, Katie Crosby, she is thriving littles over on Instagram. She's an occupational therapist. And one of the things that she talks about is looking for the sparkle eyes in kids. And I I love this of like, sometimes when we're connect, when we're looking to reconnect with them and, and this could be for repair, or it could just be like, we haven't connected on the day, or we're coming back together after work, childcare, whatever. And we're looking to connect, like looking for those sparkle eyes and for some kids it's yeah it's tickling it's playing for some kids it's going to be reading a book together for some kids it's going to be you know cooking in the kitchen with you but whatever brings those sparkle eyes to your kids is a connector and especially I think this is true across the board but I think especially with our younger kiddos when we try to repair with words too early we can do so And we're still addicted. And I think it's so powerful to reconnect and get back to connection in order to repair. Um, And yet, sometimes they don't need the words, but even if we are going to use our words for it, first getting to a place of reconnection.
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing I've been doing just instinctively is to get to that place where we are, it is settled. You know, both myself, I'm settled, he's settled as well. It's a little bit in the memory. I, I know that based on parenting coaches that I know that's also the best time to have a corrective conversation with the kid Mm -hmm. you know that's the best time is when they're settled is to be able to say hey you know buddy I want to talk to you about when you hit me earlier that that really really hurt me and I'm going to do try to do a better job of helping you notice when you're not in control of your body and I'm going to ask you to do a better job too of paying attention to how you're using your body and how it's how it could be causing harm to me because that not only did it hurt my body, it hurt my feelings. Yeah, And yeah, to, be able it, to do that,
0: when to talk about the behavior is such a hot conversation. I think. Again, oh, is it? I didn't
1: know. I'm so sorry. Oh. Did I like? have oh, no, controversy.
0: <laughs> no, it's just that I think we in a lot of folks are like, I want to talk about this right now. I want to make sure I correct this behavior because we have these parts that are like, I'm afraid. We jump ahead, right? Anxiety where we're like what's this going to look like in 10, 15, 20 years? Who are they going to be in high school? Are they going to be hitting people? Are they going to be aggressive? Whatever. And we can spiral so fast outside of like, oh, they're two. (laughs) And that like, that isn't a projection of who they're going to be at 16, but so often we can spiral there. And so I think for a lot of folks, the idea of waiting to talk about the behavior is the hardest part. Yeah. We say in our work that like, in the moment is not the time for law enforcement or delivery of justice at all. But like in the moment is the time for getting back into our bodies, for connecting, et cetera. We're gonna come back to talking about the behavior down the road. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Oh, Tristan.
1: Thanks for hanging out with me. Oh
0: my gosh. Thanks for hanging out with me. It's really rad to just hear different examples of what this looks like. And I appreciate that you have different age kiddos. So we can see that snapshot into the four-year-old and then into the 11-year-old as well. And your 11-year-old is someone who brings me a lot of joy from the outside. He is he's deliciously emotionally intelligent (laughs) and I just love to hear the little things you share like his thoughts and the way that he processes and shows up in the world and that's not on accident
1: I mean it is and it isn't I feel like so much so much of who kids are is just who they are I mean we can put the guardrails up we can guide a little bit but I feel like I can't take much credit, you know, for him. Although my mom always tells me if you're willing to take the blame, you have to be willing to take the credit. Um, So I'll, I'll take that (laughs) as much. Yeah.
0: If we can say that, like, there are ways that you could respond to him that would really make it harder for him to show up as his authentic self. There are also then ways that you can respond to him that Allow him to be free to be his authentic self. And I believe that you are falling on the ladder there. And it's really cool to watch.
1: Thank you. It's hard. So hard.
0: If people were curious about you and where to connect with you and your work and and follow along, where would they be able to find you?
1: Yeah. Well, I quit Instagram two weeks ago. Um, Best decision I've ever made. I feel free. I am so happy having left. Not a single day has gone by that I have even been tempted to like pick it up and browse through. So there really is no longer an easy way for people to follow along. I guess they could go to my website, justinreese.com. I think I'm going to start because I do miss writing. That's how I, that's what I used to. I'm an author. I'm a writer. I used to use Instagram to test out my writing ideas and to put things out into the world. I don't know. I might keep doing that. I might do it in some other forms. So Yeah, people could give me their email address at TristanReese.com if they're curious about what I'm up to. And you know maybe I'll send you something and maybe I won't. I'm also trying to sort of decolonize this idea that I need to be all things, all people all the time, that I need to send out a newsletter every Friday at 4 p.m. or people won't care. You know what? If that's what y'all need from me, then don't care then. You know, I, I just can't operate on that schedule anymore. I just can't trying to give myself a little more grace and give others more grace. And you know if folks are down with that and <laughs> wanna join me for my journey, awesome. If not, that is okay. I send you out into the world with love and peace. I, but I do, um, I do feel obligated because I have a staff who will be mad at me if I don't to say, my professional work happens. I do run a consulting firm doing, doing LGBTQ inclusion work um, and it's collaborate consulting. Um, So, yeah, you can check me out there for sure. That's the professional stuff.
0: Awesome. You're the bomb. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the transcript at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community over on Instagram hanging out every day with more free content? Come join us at S E W. Take a screenshot of you tuning in, share it on the gram and tag seed.and.so to let me know your key takeaway. If you're digging this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We love collaborating with you to raise emotionally intelligent humans. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent.